0: All right, welcome to personality psychology. So this week we will explore personality, our consistent behaviors across time and situation that are relatively distinctive by the individual. Psychologists and scientists for all time have wondered, back to the great nature nurture debate, what makes us who we are? Is it genes? Is it our environment, our learning, our culture? Of course, the answer, like most good answers in psychology, is complicated. The first psychologist to really study personality, who we consistently are across time and situation. Well, you tell me, who was the most famous and infamous psychologist of all time? If you guess Freud, you're correct. Some of the tools he used to study personality and mental health, including projective tests, are still around today, though they're not used for diagnosis per se. So it's your turn, take a look at the inkblot on the Welcome Chapter 13 message. What do you see? An inkblot is a form of projective tests. Freud believed that projective tests like these could help us tap into our unconscious mind, that part of our mind below awareness, and that we would project our own thoughts, our own personalities really onto ambiguous images. While Freud's view of personalities does not rely on objective science, projected tests are not measurable, we will cover his most influential ideas briefly. So Freud really came up with psychoanalytic theory, the idea that unconscious forces shape our behaviors and personality. He was a doctor specializing in nervous disorders, today we would call these anxiety disorders, and oftentimes, people would come in complaining of physical ailments like digestion problems, headaches, with no physical cause. Freud was the first to really explore mental activity and anxiety. He lived in Victorian England, where there were really strict social rules around sexuality and aggression. There were traditional gender roles. Women's sexuality, in particular, was repressed. We would say they were living in an oppressed time. So Freud believed that people often buried sexual and aggressive impulses in their minds, and this caused anxiety. He did really have one key idea here, that anxiety itself and mental health conditions can not only shape our behavior, but they can shape our physical health. So we'll come back to this idea when we study mental health. Um, We also explored the unconscious mind with implicit attitudes and biases in chapter In addition to psychoanalytic theory, Freud also proposed a personality structure, the id, the ego, and the superego. Now, there is no real id, ego, and superego. But if you've ever watched a Disney movie and seen like the devil on one shoulder, the angel on another, you'll recognize these as the id and the superego. The id is this unconscious psychic energy that strives to fulfill our basic urges usually sexual and aggressive. And it's all about the pleasure principle, immediate gratification, what we want to do in any given moment. Now, the ego is a part of our personality that's in our conscious mind. It's the executive. It attempts to make our drive socially acceptable, and it's a peacekeeper between the id, that me, me, me piece, and the super ego. Now, the superego is the moral conscious with our internalized ideals for future goals. This is the part of your personality that tells you what you should do. So, for example, let's say you're upset with your boss after a recent conversation. Your id might want to yell or smack them or say something unacceptable, but your ego, according to Freud, would try to make The urges of the id into something acceptable, like ultimately meeting with your boss and finding a way to productively discuss frustrations. (laughs) You can think of lots of examples of when what you want to do in any given moment conflicts with what you should do, and you can really understand. So most importantly, Freud believed that conflicts between what we want to do and what we should do, the id and the superego, can create anxiety. and The ego works to relieve anxiety, By distorting reality using defense mechanisms. So the most common defense mechanism is denial. Pretending like an uncomfortable reality, like living in a pandemic, maybe a cancer diagnosis, doesn't exist. Another common defense mechanism is displacement. Taking out anger on a substitute target. Like when you had a tough day at work with your boss and you end up taking your anger out on a spouse when you get home. Defense mechanisms are common, but we need to become aware when you're using them to prevent them from really shaping our personalities in unhealthy ways. This week in the personality activity, you'll explore which defense mechanisms do you most commonly use? Are they promoting healthy relationships? Why or why not? So you can also check out Optional Psych Files podcast for great examples of defense mechanisms. Enjoy exploring personality this week. <music>